Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This episode is Stay in the Budget. We have a budget? Research has found that adults with ADHD have more money troubles than those without ADHD. So creating and staying in a budget is no easy task. Fortunately, there are strategies that can help you be more successful at it. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. I'm psychologist Dr. R.A. Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. We're going to talk about finances today. I'll start by covering the reasons why adults with ADHD struggle with money, then talk about ways to do it better. So first the bad news, then the good news. Many ADHD adults struggle with staying on top of their finances. It could be little things like burning through whatever is in their wallet or big things like racking up significant credit card debt or killing their credit with missed payments. Some people lack certain basic skills like balancing a checkbook or creating a budget, but it usually isn't that simple. As with everything else in life, They usually know what to do, but have trouble doing it consistently. So not once, not occasionally, but most of the time. We're doing these things on time. There are many reasons why adults with ADHD run into money trouble, so let's run through them. Number one, impulsive spending. There are lots of shiny things out there to catch the eye. Those with ADHD are more likely to fall prey to these temptations, whether it's something small or something as large as a car. I had a client who would never leave a store without buying something. Of course, acting in the moment without taking into account the bigger picture tends to lead to unnecessary purchases and later regrets. If credit cards are used, this is especially hard to notice at the time since you don't see all that your cash is gone. It's really easy to notice, though, when the bill actually shows up. This is the sort of thing where the person starts out with a full wallet, and then somehow the money is all gone, but it's hard to say exactly where it all went. Second cause of money troubles is slippery memory. Even when an adult with ADHD stops to think about a potential purchase, he may still make an unwise choice. Good choices are based on consideration of how individual purchases fit into the whole financial picture. This requires the ability to remember and mentally calculate how much money is coming in and how much is going out. So, for example, if he forgets that he has his car insurance payment coming up, he may incorrectly assume that he has plenty of money to spare for a new totally awesome TV. This moment of forgetfulness obviously sets up a horrible moment of realization later. Third reason, disorganization. There's often a price paid for not having a balanced checkbook, a workable budget, and system for keeping the necessary records for taxes. This stuff is boring, but important. Fourth problem, plugging the gaps. 
In addition to the big dramatic purchases, people with ADHD tend to dribble away money in lots of small ways that can really add up like buying lunch because they didn't have time to make it or buying a duplicate of something they already have but can't find. They use money to compensate or undo the fallout of their ADHD, which is certainly understandable, but it costs them money. And finally, fifth reason here for ADHD money troubles is late fees and poor credit. Writing checks and licking envelopes isn't hard, but remembering to do it is. So even when they have plenty of money in the bank, people with ADHD have difficulty getting those bills out on time. I've even had clients drive around for a week with stamped envelopes sitting on the passenger seat before making it that final step into the mailbox. Unfortunately, it's, you know, until it hits the mailbox, it's still not done. So even though an individual late fee may be no big deal, you know, 20 bucks, whatever, over time this can dramatically affect credit scores, leading to much higher interest rates or rejected loan applications. So this, at this point, is very much a big deal. So perhaps because of all of these reasons, studies have documented that adults with ADHD have pervasive difficulties with most aspects of money management. This can have major consequences, not only in terms of financial measures, but just as importantly in the areas of self-esteem, relationship dynamics, life satisfaction, stress, and just general mood and happiness. Money is a common cause of arguments in most couples, but in couples where one person has ADHD, it can really add fuel to the fire. It's just too easy for the non-ADHD partner to point to the ADHD partner's financial misdeeds as, you know, proof of her moral inferiority, requiring the non-ADHD partner to resentfully become the guardian and savior of the family's finances. Needless to say, this lockdown is rarely appreciated, even if you can understand why the non-ADHD partner may feel that way. I had a client once who was so overwhelmed by tracking her finances that she simply didn't even try. She just gave up. So if she wanted something, she bought it. She knew that this was a bad idea when she was doing it, but since she had never been able to manage her finances effectively anyway, she just didn't even try. This turning a blind eye to the consequences was partly based in the neurology of her ADHD and partly in her psychological avoidance of dealing with this painful subject. Of course, she later felt guilty and ashamed about spending the money. So as often happens with ADHD, what starts as a neurological thing winds up as a complex layer of psychological dynamics. As promised, that was a bad news part of this podcast. Now let's talk about the good news, the things that you can do to manage your money more effectively. As in so much of ADHD, problems with money management come from closing the gap between intentions and actions. Sure, they know all about how important it is and why they should do a better job of managing their finances. Yet somehow that general knowledge isn't enough. The problem is that managing money effectively requires certain skills that most ADHD adults can't count as strengths. So let's talk solutions. Number one, resist impulsive spending. You probably know the stores, items, or situations that are most tempting for you. You can protect yourself by either avoiding them completely 
or bringing only cash and leaving the credit cards at home so as to limit how much you can spend. As fun as it, as it can be to let an impulse carry you away, work really hard to not commit to an expense without first thinking about how it fits into your overall budget. If you can't stop yourself from buying it, then do the second best, which is save the receipt and try to wait to open it in case you wind up reconsidering your purchase. This won't always work, but even if it works sometimes, that's still an improvement. Solution number two, remember all those moving numbers. It's easy to run into financial trouble by forgetting about upcoming purchases and making what turn out to be unwise choices. Accept that budgeting is a pretty complicated process and don't expect yourself to be able to wing it all in your head. Write down a monthly and weekly budget. You don't need to get down to the pennies, <clears throat> the pennies, but try to create a general plan so you have something to compare against. For example, how much do you have allotted for eating lunch out? This way, you know if you're above or hopefully below the line. Solution number three, get organized. You can only manage your finances effectively if you know what they actually are. This means having a balanced checkbook, I mean, give or take, a few bucks, whatever, and something of a budget. You don't need to be super anal retentive about it, but you need to have a pretty close idea. Actually, you know, making it too complicated and horrible will make you less likely to stick with it. So find something that you can actually work with. In addition, you need to have a pretty good idea of what expenses you have coming up so you can prepare for them. Information is helpful. Solution number four, get on top of the other details in your life. We can use money to make up for getting behind in other ways. So for example, paying extra to have something express mailed because we ordered it late, or eating lunch out because we didn't go food shopping over the weekend and had nothing to make lunch with. This is one of those easier said than done kind of things, and I totally understand that. But the better you do in the rest of your life, the better your finances will look. In fact, we can almost use your financial state as a measure of how the rest of your life is going. Number five, kiss late fees goodbye. Put as many bills as you can on automatic payments so they get paid without your even needing to think about it. If you feel uncomfortable giving up control like that, then set up electronic payments through your bank so you can log on and get the payment in on that very same day. This eliminates the variability of the postal system and also gives you a couple more days to do it. Ideally, actually, you would go in before the due date, schedule it to pay out on the due date, and then you don't need to even remember when the time comes. So there's five solutions for you. If you have one, you may want to have your romantic partner manage the finances if it better suits her strengths and interests. Just because you're all grown up doesn't mean that you have to be good at everything. You know, that's one of the reasons why we couple up, so we can unload some of those tasks that we either hate or are just kind of bad at. So maybe the two of you decide that it's your partner's job to manage the details, set the financial plan for the household, and just be nice about keeping you on track then it's your job to do your best to stick to the plan and to be gracious about her input. That way everybody wins. And she'll hopefully then keep doing the boring finances. 
So if you're looking for more information on this topic, I'll be doing a teleclass on ADHD and money management with psychologist Dr. Stephanie Sarkis through ADD Resources on Tuesday, December 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Stephanie has a brand new book on the topic, which is fantastic. Um, it'll be an interview kind of slash discussion sort of thing. We'll just, you know, start the topic and see where it takes us. It should be a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully you can make it. You can get more information at addresources.org. Now, in our next episode, I'll be talking about how ADHD is legitimate and should be treated, but only for those who actually have it. This is kind of obvious to say, but, you know, there are some people who try to get a diagnosis of ADHD for the wrong reasons. Should be interesting. Well, at least I know I'll be interested to see what I come up with, and, you know, perhaps you will too. So, until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.